Alright guys, thanks for hitting download on this special episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. We weren't sure we were going to be able to do this one because at the time we were like, can't find anything about it. Then I realized, it's 2018, it's probably pretty likely this show could be found somewhere, and many people have pointed us in the direction of this. So today we're looking at the WCW New Japan Super Show 91, or I've someplace I've seen it referred to as a Starcade. I don't know. I'm just going to call it Supercard 91. Press conference. Yeah, the press conference, right? It so, was referred to in Japan as Starcade. Because it, like, it's on the mat. It says Starcade. Yeah. They called it Starcade over there. It was just never branded as that over here. We're getting into some Mega Man nonsense over this, and aren't we? This is what this is becoming. Starcade X1. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to get into some... This is going to be a lot of fun to go through, because we've all had a lot of commentary about this off-air. I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Keesler. How's it going, everybody? And Charlie Stabile, of course. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> so, right off the bat, the people to thank with this are um, a couple of people. One would be, on Twitter, Greg Greg goes coast to coast. He's awesome. He represents the uh, Shellshock Network. Their Twitter handle is at ShellshockNet. It's a really cool kind of network of wrestling. Sort of like we're with the Questionable Endeavor Network. There's a, a kind of a, a you know a, a variety of different types of shows beyond wrestling. This is all wrestling, an interesting variety of stuff. It's not just it's not just like with what we do, where we're going to follow uh, a chron- in chronological order a series of wrestling events over a period of time. It's cool because it's kind of all over the place. So it's this WrestleCopia, if you will. I'm sure that's a podcast somewhere is WrestleCopia, but that's all right. Um, Anyway, I really want to thank him. I want to thank, of course, Phil Goad. He pointed us in the direction of a, of a, of the, the Daily Motion clip that we were able to use for this as well. We kind of used a combination of sources to piece this show together. And then, of course, Mike0284. So thank you guys for giving this or giving us this kind of opportunity to do this show by pointing us in the direction of this. Because I was clearly too lazy to look this up on Google and find this on last show, acting like, oh, my God, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. We may have to skip it to... Super Brawl, so thank you. So we're in Japan, we're in the Tokyo Dome. Before we get into like the, the core WCW matches, because that's what we want to focus on, are the matches that relate to our timeline here from, from Sting to Hogan is what we of course what we're in the middle of here. We're gonna go through the matches that d- didn't make the Turner home video, the Turner home video release of this, because that's what we really based a lot of our review on. There are a few of these, um, some not very noteworthy, like I'll start off with Equalizer versus Scott Norton is one of the worst matches I've ever seen. It is dog shit. It is terrible. Um, I. It, what's funny is I kind of like Scott Norton later what, on. Was it Denzel? <laughs> his, his weak white friend, Scott Norton, yes. No, no, Charlie, the, the equalizer was some tall blonde guy who watched a lot of Bruiser Brody matches and thought he was Bruiser Brody. It's, it was bad. Yeah, it's Dave Sullivan. And the, and like the one thing I, I, I will pull back on with this a little bit is that 
I think these guys are only a couple years into their careers. And w- I, Scott Norton would get much better. I know a lot of people kind of give him shit in the... Uh, I like Scott. I liked I him, too. Liked him. He was a great revenge player, too. Underrated. He was. He was. I was always kind of just flabbergasted that his that his nickname was Flash. Yeah. I think a Flash, I don't think of Scott Norton. He's Dude, in... His I, out- I think that's because of his arm wrestling. I'm, I'm almost certain that that's... It? Yeah. Because he's a yeah. he's in over the top. I forget where in over the top he is, but he's in the movie somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> and <laughs> he's wearing a, a red unitard with the flash symbol, little flash lightning bolt on it. And I was just laughing, thinking, God, what if Scott Norton was a part of the Speed Force? Ah, out of breath everywhere it goes. It great. <laughs> I'm Scott Norton. I'm, I'm the fastest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> run, Scott Norton, run. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's it's terrible it's just a, bun- a bunch of running strikes like it's bouncing off the ropes just kind of just ramming into the guy and it's not like it's not like if you're watching like Lesnar and Goldberg if they're really going at it just like hitting each other as hard as they could it just doesn't it just doesn't go anywhere and then the, the power slam to win it just looks like Norton had to do all the work and Sullivan was like ah fuck it man <laughs> you can <laughs> I'm kind of punted on this already so yeah <laughs> There's a, the crowd gets hot when when Norton breaks his own pin yeah. and like pulls the strap down. I mean the crowd. Got, I was like, ooh, you would have thought it was Memphis in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. The way they, and, but them. then it's just the wet fart power slam. Oh That's his move. God, the wet fart power slam. I'm glad th- these ratings don't count in our overall show because I would have given this a one easily. It's terrible. It's just not. It's just not good. But, um, Jason, what do you have anything to add to that? Um, Really, I, I know Chuck. I know you didn't watch any of these, but if you have anything to chime in with, based on them, please by all means go for it. Um, I'll just that, re- you know add in my typical smart-ass comments. You know, every now and then, <laughs> everyone's waiting Other for it, that, man. They're waiting for it. <laughs> you're in. The, it's like you're in the dressing room right now. You're just like, man, fuck it, man. You guys do that preliminary bullshit. I'm Chris Cuomo <laughs> coming out at fucking ten or nine o'clock. I'll Anderson. come out for the main event. <laughs> We're closing the show, right? We're the, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, I mean, JC, you got any more to yeah, add I'm not, to that? I'm not going on second to last. No. <laughs> I'm not going on second to last. Go fuck yourself. That's right. I'm running this shit. Um, Jace, did you have any? Jay, did you have anything else to add to that one, really? Uh, I mean, no. My two notes were equalizers watched too many Bruiser Brody matches and then talking about the straps. That was it. That's literally all I had. Because this match was... Ugh. <laughs> I was really concerned. I was like, man, this is going to kill this review show. Yeah, thank God this is not a part of the official re- uh, rating review. Um, the six-man tag in the beginning. What do you think of this? Oh, you mean the eight-man tag? Or eight-man tag, whatever. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. <laughs> I couldn't follow anything. Uh, yeah, because we had the... The link we had for this, the stuff that was on the, the WCW video, had the Japanese commentary. And I did I wasn't sure how detailed we were gonna do these matches. So my first note here is this is where mocking Dusty and Jim Ross for having difficulty pronouncing three names is gonna bite us in the ass. I mean there's eight I could, names. There's seven <laughs> The pair of dudes called the blonde outlaws, I could figure out who they were. I think. Yes. I think. Yeah, uh, because they were nice enough to have blonde hair, so that's that was good. But other than that, and I mean to be honest too, like I and I I know like 
wrestling's one of those things like, you know, theater, art, if you want to get pretentious about it, like, oh, when it's going really well, you don't need to know anything about anything just to enjoy. Well, that's sweet. But I'll be honest, the action in this wasn't that great anyway. Did you find it to be, Jason? Uh, no, but it, uh, there was the super strong machine who was identifiable by his mask, only dude, the mask. But the reason why is because that dude was coming in there. I thought it was Vader in a different mask because he was <laughs> knocking the shit out of people. Um, it was like super stiff machine, but, uh, Charlie to hell, this match had more pin breakups than Shane McMahon at Survivor Series 2001. <laughs> this was like, every time you turn around, it's like some, they're breaking up a pin, um, which there's a something else on, on another multi-man match later on that confused me. Um, but, I mean, it was fun. The crowd seemed to be really into the little guy in the blue trunks when he got out in there. But, I mean, that was it. You know, you could tell who was faces, who was heels. But, I mean, it was a, it was like New Japan does this with a lot of their big shows that I've noticed since I've started watching it. Like the first few matches are just like get everybody on the, on the card you can. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Like, definitely those Wrestle Kingdoms, I noticed that uh, as well. I agree with you. Yeah, not, not again, um, I don't know if I was to rate it, maybe a four, I think. It's hard to say. I, I don't know. I, I'll be honest, like, I probably need to rewatch it. I'm in a terrible position right now. Jason, what would you what would you rate it if you, if you had to? Well, if I had to, like, it's just with, since we're not going to full detail with it, it gets good. I like the crowd is super into it, so that helps. Um, so, I mean, I, I gave it a five and a half. Okay, no, that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I think that's yeah. All right. The next two matches, though, are really special. <laughs> I think they were really fun. The first one is Doom against Bam Bam Bigelow Invader. And this thing, first of all, this is where I noticed like the. The music that they come out to is awesome. I don't know what it is. It's just some generic like kind of rock track, but it's really, really good. And the crowd is jacked. The Jason, dare I say the most jacked they for any match of the night? Yeah, they get whipped into a frenzy. Well, I don't know. I mean the the Sting Muda match, they get into it right from the get go, but it's it doesn't take long. Like it's weird because Vader's like face, yeah. And he whips this crowd, dude. This is like, it's insane how he plays to them, and they just immediately go for it. So, um, yeah. I just want to know: Is Teddy Long still waiting at the airport? Must have been because that's he's, what I was. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was laughing. I was like, okay, they're gonna. I was like, how are they going to do this with Doom? Because I know in the States they've already broken up. And, of course, by the end of the match, they break up again anyway. They do it again. They do the same. <laughs> so I literally think Butch, I think Ron Simmons yells at Butch Reed, this is the third time. This is the third time. <laughs> um, uh, Jim Ross, probably it, pro it probably killed him not to call this match because there's so much football in this match. But now that Vader's in it and that he played for the Rams. Yeah. I mean, my God, he would have been just like, oh, my God, I'm jerking it. <laughs> it, was either, it was either missing that or like DDP telling us all he's the reason Bam Bam Bigelow became became a wrestler. Oh, you know, when I was at the bar, Bam Bam would come in. I, Bam, are you like, yeah. And the only reason that's the thing is like I heard he was he was on like four people's podcasts to listen to over the course of two weeks. And they were all talking about Bam Bam. And it was like, jeez, you know, you know, 
gave Randy Orton the RKO. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in I Heart but, Huckabees with Jude Law just always wanting to tell the, the Shania Twain story. And he's always like, yeah, no mayo. No mayo. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what's cool is, is, Charlie, I wish you'd have seen this match because when like the crowd makes an audible gasp every, any like when butchery picks up vader to slam it it oh. was it was what i could yeah the the gasp is like as loud as i would say being in the theater the first time someone like empire strikes back, back came on invaders like i am your father and everyone went <gasps> where if you're wearing a loose hat it's like your head. <laughs> yeah, just like, <laughs> luke luke no <laughs> but and, and during this match ron <laughs> no, that'd be great. Uh, they're gonna fight over. I bought the rebellion. No, Dad, it does say Skywalker. Sting takes a helicopter to the USS Intrepid and body slams Vader yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Simmons takes a splash in the corner from Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader within ten seconds of each other. So oh, that man. does deserve the title that he will get coming up, but. It got me ready for a Vader face hot tag. Oh my god! Did. Yeah, Bam Bam gets worked over by Doom for like eight minutes. Yeah, and, and Vader's stiff. just out there like it's it's very yeah. stiff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean and Vader wins with splash. Yeah, Vader just wins with a <laughs> big Vader splash, <laughs> big fat guy splash. Bam. <laughs> Wins a match. And not even the cool one. Not the Vader bomb. Butchery goes for like a shoulder tackle. Vader moves out of the way like Dan Marino at the last fucking second. <laughs> Marino? And then just splashes <laughs> splash on Rock Butchery. Isotoners. Einhorn. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I just. I, I just love that everybody knows that it's going to be stiff and they just like keep building on it. Like, like there's. Bam Bam gets body slammed on the concrete, and I'm like, "Fuck, oh. man!" And and not to be outdone, his headbutt looks like, "Yep, this is like prime." This is because this is it's wild. Like this is before Bam Bam really explodes in ECW, and he's really kind of put it all together. This is still like in that area before he even gets back to WWF, and is having the run he has there. It's this. It's really cool to see him in that that stage where he's starting to put shit together but yeah man it gets you pumped as hell their entrance too with the combined like the with the 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 uh, vader's um like shoulder mask apparatus thing i don't even know I'm, I'm making this more difficult to say than it is but they do the they do it together and it's really cool it's really cool um i would give that an eight easily uh jason what would you if you had to give it a, a number what would you give it I only gave it a five. Are you serious? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This, this, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This I'm kidding. is why. Because during the eight-minute passion of the Bam Bam, there's like a, <laughs> a minute and a half rest hold choke spot. Which, I mean, like, I get, you know, it's Bam Bam. You're going to have to fucking hold it. I need it. a minute. I need a minute. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah it was. And that That's it. I mean, because everything else is like, like clicking and then this just kind of happens in the middle and it takes the steam out of it so that, that's why i mean like if it wasn't for that because i was hype i mean like i was with the crowd i was like you could hear the freaking everybody hitting each other um and it was just awesome 
And then that was just like, oh, well, this is where I'd go pee and get popcorn if this was a movie. So well, good um, luck. That dome is huge. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why you wear darks, folks, so you can piss your pants. And watch wrestling. <laughs> you're, you're here for the duration, pal. Yeah. Uh, I saw Mr. Baseball. You ain't getting through here in 10 minutes. This next match, um, I didn't know what to expect. I did not know what the greatest 18 club title was. Uh, now, I, I, boy, do I know. I, I know after watching this. Tiger Jeet Singh versus Ricky Choshu. Tiger Jeet Singh is, is the most insane guy I've ever seen. He comes out immediately just fighting everybody. And he's smiling when he's doing it. It's almost like he's like just like... It, I feel like it's almost like the beginning of Last Boy Scout. Like, eventually this guy's just going to get to the ring and just stab himself. <laughs> like, 50 fucking times. <laughs> Ain't life a bitch. <laughs> and it's over with. But it's amazing. He comes out with a fencing sword, and he is whipping multiple people. And it's not like it's they're, they're like, significant. It feels like randos. He's just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. There is at least 12 matches on the way to the ring. Ricky Choshu just finally has to come on the outside and start this thing because it feels like five minutes of the match is eaten up just by him fighting everybody else. And then they get in the ring, and again, not knowing what it was at the time, I was like, man, these guys are really strangling the crap out of each other and, and stabbing each other a lot. It's getting a little stabby out here. What's going on with this? And yeah. <laughs> It's getting a little stabby. <laughs> But this match has no, no ref, no count out, no DQ. So it's followed under old Navy rules where the first man to die loses. <laughs> so it, it, that's just what came to my head. I was just like, oh, good. It's like whichever. I can't remember the old Lloyd. Uh, but uh, during the match, like what makes things even more, I guess, upsetting about Tiger Jeet Singh is as vicious as William just described it. And it's point he just turns around and starts gyrating <laughs> while yeah. still covered in this other dude's blood with the fencing warped fencing sword in his hand um then cho you know oh, oh chosu ricky chosu ain't gonna be outdone he gets chirpy because since it was on a we had to watch this on the laptop i had my jvc headphones um and this is the unofficial jvc headphone call out of the night chirpy starts slapping Type G Singh into the ring post, and he just goes, "You son of a bitch, motherfucker, motherfucker! I'll kill you, motherfucker! You son of a bitch!" <laughs> That's it, and it, it just immediately brought the. I, I think it's where uh, in Die Hard, where John McClane's fighting Carl, and he's dragging him. He's like, "I'm gonna cook you, and I'm gonna eat you, and I'm gonna fuck you." <laughs> like, what's going through is this, and there is there's like there's a railroad spike, and like. <laughs> Chosu stabs Jeet Singh in the neck with the railroad spike. Fucking <laughs> hits him. It's the, you know Chosu wins. I don't like. Apparently what? How you, yeah, <laughs> this match. It's a ten count. It's like it's the last man standing match. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but this match, this is the next to last match on of the whole night. There has been no blood. The, the mat is pristine, and when this gets done, it looks like the pig farm from Hannibal just happened all over the town. I love afterwards, Ricky's just like, you know what, I'm not done. He locks in the most vicious cross-arm breaker. That It looks yeah. like he legit like fucks his arm up. Well, you hear, I don't know if you heard legit scenes, it's my fucking arm, my fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> 
because he's holding it and it's turning purple. And and the guy who won is the one who gets his heat back. Yeah, it's so wild. It's like you got the belt, the trophy, the ceremony, everything. Hey, fuck it, arm breaker. I'm not done. <laughs> and like the, the president of New Japan or whoever, like the guy that came to to the last WCW pay per view with Muda, the guy who keeps bringing everyone their trophies and belts. He comes over, hands the trophy and belt Koshu. And then, like, immediately stands away from him. It's like, it's, there's no, like, photo op or anything. He's like, Jesus Christ, here's your thing. The, this Get is when you have to cut to Paul Heyman. It, it's extreme. Because yeah. <laughs> it really was. It's, it's amazing. Um, I give this also an eight because it was just unbelievable to watch. I absolutely loved it. Jason probably is going to go lower. I anticipate it. How much lower? Seven. Okay, not, not bad. Okay. Much lower. Okay. Because how much fun I had. If it wasn't for, like, this isn't my style of stuff. <laughs> if it wasn't for that, you know, like, if, if this was now, if these two were around, they'd be like the kings of the death match. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I guess. It's like they would throw each other off the cell or and, and keep going. That would have been they awesome. Would throw, they would build a, a smaller cell on top of the big <laughs> cell and throw themselves off that. All right, so now it's time to get into the show proper with with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, which is an interesting combination together. Um, spo- I, I don't. I, I hope this doesn't break you guys' heart. They were not actually there at the event. I didn't think so. You could definitely oh God, tell really? with the lighting. You could definitely tell with the lighting because um, you could tell at points. It's like, man, it's it's really bright out. It's really like like afternoon. Like the lighting is very bright when they're talking on camera. And then it's really dark in the ring. You're like, man, what's going on with that? And it's like, yeah, it's it, clearly they did that after the fact, which makes a little press conference thing all the better. <laughs> that yes, fun right. thing, that yes, thing is awesome. But anyway, um, the stuff leading into it's kind of uh, the 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 generic Japanese music to set it up. Great, fantastic, just a plus for the time for WCW. Uh, you get JR and Tony talking about seven matches, Muda versus Sting, Fujinami versus um, versus Flair. It's a really, it's an impressive card, uh, at least with those two as like your main and your sub main. You get footage of this press conference, the the one leading into the match, which Phil made, Phil Goad made a great point. He's like, why on earth are you signing the contract over there the night before? You should be doing that like. <laughs> Way in advance, because he brought the great like point. If Rocky, that's like if Rocky went to Russia on December twenty third, right. signed the contract to fight Drago, <laughs> and then they go in the next day, right? Because we were, because he and I were joking. He was like, "Imagine if Steiner like didn't like something. He's like, you don't have Shoney's over here. I'm out." <laughs> yeah, that's his joke. So I give him credit for that. That's all him. Um, but this this intro package does have something that makes this potentially the greatest video of all time. Arn Anderson in a kimono. Oh, is... yeah, I have. That and not only to, that, yeah. he's checking himself out in a mirror in the kimono with those glasses on too, like those awesome, like really thick rimmed those double A glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there is one thing of note. By the way, uh, well, uh, Eligante looks very confused in the video. Like, he does not understand maybe where he's at. I certainly don't know Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you come here? Uh, uh, there is one thing of note, though, and it is that this, when, with the signing of the world title match, it's a combination of WCW and New Japan rules. 
I guess maybe we'll get into that a little bit later because it's it there, there's some chicanery going on there, but we'll get into it. But um, our first official match, the Z-Man, Flying Bryant, and Tim Horner taking on um, Izuka, Kobayashi, and Koshinaka. Jason, take it away. Oh, cool. Um, the Japanese team music is cool. I'm just going to state it out just like we talked about the Vader stuff. I would say that 95% of the music tonight is fucking fantastic. Um, but even though with all the good stuff we talked about, uh, you know, Jim Ross holding off on the football references during the ultimate football match, the match hasn't even started. And this is the first match on the WCW video. And he's already in the appearance of one of the Japanese wrestlers <laughs> <laughs> saying that his hair is out of style. Uh, the, the hanging bangs that, one of the guys have uh, it's Kobayashi. So Kobayashi Maru uh, has the the haircut that Jim Ross doesn't like, um, but Jim Ross does turn around and do a good thing and points out that the Japanese people are not unimpressed with what's going on. They watch wrestling differently. And back in 1990, that was an important thing to say because you know the internet wasn't there, and if you weren't a tape trader, uh, you might not know that this is you know that they're really into it. They're just going to applaud like they're at a theater performance, not like at a match. Um, I love. Ryan Pillman and the Z-Man's dropkick Alabama Slam combo. That fucking looks badass. It looks like it could go horribly wrong. Um, and since it's Pillman, you get a nice little, I'm going to jump around to the outside. This is where I noticed that the safety mats only cover 50% of the floor. <laughs> so it's so if you land on the edge of the two-inch mat <laughs> between that and the concrete, it's probably going to fuck you up a lot worse. Um, and then here was where I was talking about earlier about all the breaking up ends. As Tony Schiavone says... I guess there's there's more you can do more saves. There's unlimited saves. This uh, this cracked me pool. up, by the way. Yeah. This cracked me up big time. How do you, and they said it prevents you from abusing the saving your partner from being pinned. How do you abuse that? I would figure that's part of your job. I never knew like, there were limited uh, saves here in the states. Is my note. When did we have a limit? Like, and the thing is, like, if there were. Which I'm not saying it. I'm not surprised that there are. I never like what referee ever really enforced this is what I want to know. Because yeah, yeah, did a match ever end in the DQ because of that? Right. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. Because like the whole. And what's the ref gonna do? Is, is he gonna stop the pin count to go? Hey, you've already saved him three times. I mean, this- <laughs> yeah. or, or go one, two, and then the guy is just about to come in and, go, and he, don't do it. <laughs> and he just come- he yeah. completely stops counting just to point at him. Don't do it. It's like the string. Like, yeah. Not everybody holds the little sh- turnbuckle string, you know? Like, And I know that right. was a thing. Uh, you know, that was definitely part of NWA rules. But, like, yeah, that that just cracked me up. Unlimited saves. I was like, what is this, a game genie? What the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, the chops. That's point i think it's pillman and i i don't know which of the other guys they just start chopping the fuck out of each other and it's pretty pretty gnarly looking um what's neat is tim horner's the one that takes the pin and he looks really really frustrated um because he takes that awesome looking dragon suplex but like they're looking at him like it's it's z-man and brian pillman and then tim horner and he's laying there and it looks like this could be the beginning of a heel turn storyline for tim horner so that what everyone's wanted um, but this action was really good. Yeah, even though it technically wasn't the first match on the card, it was the first match on the Turner video. Really good start. I gave this bad boy a six. Okay, Charlie, what'd you think? 
Uh, <clears throat> I like that they point out the 20 count rule because I always wondered where that came from. You know, with like when we play the video games and we'd get a 20 count and we're like, what? who does a 20 count? And I, I like that. I like the, it, it's no DQ. Uh, JR, I thought, had a really interesting comment. I thought he kind of um, downplayed American wrestling with this. He says, uh, the fans aren't bored, folks. Uh, this is considered an art form here in Japan. <laughs> well, what the? What do we consider it here? Like like delivery service? Like, like, <laughs> what do you mean? I I, I don't I, I get what they're saying, but still, I, it reminds me when Hogan went over to the, went over to Japan with the WWF and said, "See this brother? It's useless. Doesn't mean shit." But but that belt, you know, like that that old promo that he well, did. Well, I'm gonna get myself some Bud Light and take off my pants and watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's an art form, I hear. <laughs> uh, I Tim Horner uh, does the one of the best fuck you sidewalk slams I've ever seen. Uh, I've, I've never seen a sidewalk slam that looked like a pile driver. <laughs> and that really, it really got, cracked me up. Um, Tim Horner. I, I've, I usually only see this move in video games. I was really happy to see it in real life. A full Nelson plex, uh, which always just looks, I, I remember that was a move Benoit always yes. had because of course, yes, uh, but uh, it just always looks like hell. Um, the match was, I mean, it was it was fun, uh, but um, I, those things are really the only things of note that I, I picked up on. I gave it a five. Yeah, I also have it at a five. I give all that, though, to Brian Pillman. He carried this match tremendously. Um, I think Pillman is... This, Pill, it really shows that how talent... This season has really shown how very talented he was. Um, and it's not like that was like foreign to me. It's just... One of those things I hadn't watched Pillman stuff in a while, uh, from this time period, and he's awesome. This Jason, like you were talking about those strikes. I mean, he's just like, nope, I can, I can come right back at you. I can do it right back at you. The way he, he, I felt like he knew what he knew how to play to this crowd better than anybody else on the WCW side. Z Man kind of looked typical, clueless. I didn't really. I, well, I feel, he didn't have his camera crew. With him. <laughs> right. <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. Threw me off. He's just, we're, oh, we're watching I'm, I'm World Championship wrestling. wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> he plugs all of it on his way. <laughs> Woo! Um, I, I find JR and Tony to be one of the most awkward pairings of commentators. They're great. You know, like I do give... I think Shivani's a really good commentator. He's not... Oh, absolutely. Obviously not as good as Jim Ross, probably. I think that's safe to say. But... When you get two play-by-play guys put together, it just sometimes doesn't work. Like, there's this line, he's like, hey, uh, different-looking turnbuckles, Jim. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> it, it feels like Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer in Tombstone. Yeah, good call. Where it's, where it's like, yeah, these are both leading men. They're, they're doing they're in two different movies here. Because it, it doesn't really feel like Jim Ross Tony. Feels like it feels like they did like a... Like two commentaries at once, and then and then somebody edited them together. <clears throat> well, that's what I don't get. Is this is like obviously post event commentary, where someone they you know no one bothered to edit some of the awkward. Stuff. Um, so it is kind of weird. I mean, like Tony's, it feels like he's trying to talk to the crowd about stuff and trying to get you. And Jim, nope, nope, have nothing of it. Um, <laughs> Jim, Jim's too busy. He's got a Sonic in his hand, just like fuck it. <laughs> Passion tea. Boy, well, this is the 90s. This is probably not diet. All right, so next we go into our 
the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. And I'm glad they had this on there because Liger's going to be popping up in WCW pretty soon. Like, I know, like, with the... When they bring in, the, for a short period of time, their light heavyweight title during this time period. But he is uh, defending the Junior Heavyweight title against Akira Nogami. Charlie, what'd you think of uh, Jushin Thunder Liger? Oh, you mean... Uh... Jushin Thunder Leaguer, <laughs> yes. Jesus Tony, like like it's, it's one thing if it's live, but this yeah. is like, how does he not get it right? Like the take two. Who the hell two. is Happy like, Gilmore? They, yeah, they left the botches in, like with the commentary. Like, there's no reason to do that if this is done post. But uh, eventually, Tony gets it right. Um, so it's really cool to see Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, uh, the I love the top rope somersault to the floor. It seems like that's, you know, I imagine they were doing that in Japan a lot at that time, but we never saw that in the States. Um, Sit-out powerbomb, I loved. I can't remember why I wrote this note, but um, I I feel like I almost remember, but I I wrote Jushin the Lariat Liger. Uh, (laughs) I don't remember why. He must have done some clothesline that just looked just absolutely devastating. Um, I can't remember. But I love that he has, like, he has an action figure finishing move here in New Japan. <laughs> like it's like, oh, they'll never do this move in real life. <laughs> oh, Japan's got you beat there, pal. A top rope DDT, and it doesn't matter what angle they replay it from. It looks like death. I mean, I mean it looks really bad. And you're like, please let that be it. <laughs> Jushin gets a three count. I I really like this match. I gave it a seven. Good call, man. Yeah. All right. Jason, what do you think? Dude, the crowd is hot for this match at the announcement of what title it is. Before the guys come out, when they say it's the light heavyweight title, they that crowd just roar. Um, and, a, I mean, like, aesthetically, I'm so down for this match. Liger looks so cool. And then Akira Nagami in his ring entrance looks fucking oh. amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, not knowing, like, really in the back of my mind, not knowing who this guy is. When he came out with, I was like, is he gonna wrestle with that fucking hair? Because that would, this would have just been insane. Yeah. Um, but man, I've got uh, like just everything about this match is so fast paced. It's so cool. And now you watch, go back and watch Liger matches, and like they're so quick, and he uses the palm strike and stuff. And in this match, like it's it's like Liger could have been part of the APA. It's just to piggyback off Charlie somehow Larry. He does a power bomb too. To Nagami, and that doesn't do it. So he just immediately does a sit-out power bomb. <laughs> and I love how they try to say that he was influenced by the Steiners. Yeah. To do the top rope DDT, like no, nah. <laughs> like maybe maybe he <laughs> what the Steiners do to people, but not no, just do that. But yes, what makes this move so fucking gross in, in a sense is that when that slow mo replay comes from the same angle, it doesn't look like that that guy's head never touches the ground it looks like he lands on his neck and just rolls with it um and they keep talking about they're like how nagami had to leave japan for a year i love this, this. the first time oh, yeah. yeah great story awesome. and, and it is an awesome story but they keep bringing it up and then they say it and then 10 seconds later he loses against like, is he leaving it for another year <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna become the snake bliskin of wrestling i heard you were gone <laughs> <laughs> we got he's found you in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> the movie will never 
is it true you took a top rope DDT? <laughs> Some say it is. <laughs> the name's Nagami. <laughs> But this, I mean, like, I'm like, Will, I'm glad they left. No, sorry. I'm glad they left it on the Turner stuff because it's a good introduction to this guy. I just wish Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone wouldn't talk about, you know, it's real interesting that uh, Liger wrestles in that mask. Oh. Jesus. It's like they don't get it. They're just like it's like they're confused. They're like waiting on him to take it off. <laughs> he never does. Uh, but I mean, I like I gave this match a six and a half. I'm at seven as well. This guy's career is incredible. Um, it's really impressive. Like the I, I have not watched the match with Tyler Breeze, but I've heard it's really good that they had it yes, in NXT. Yeah, I've heard it's incredible, and I think it was so cool that they got Liger to come over. And do that. Um, just an incredible... And the, I know he and Fly and Brian have a match in about a year in our timeline. And it's really, really good. And it's the opener of the show, I think. So I'm excited that we're starting to see him in there. Um, you guys hit on... like The, the top rope DDT is what kind of dominates this thing. Uh, and and, the, and uh Snake Nagami, <laughs> uh, his storyline is is really cool. Get a new Shogun. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I do want to see though Liger in an APA shirt, sitting with Simmons and Bradshaw, drinking beer and playing cards. I would love that incarnation of the APA. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just hearing the characters, guys, on podcast now. You know, when you came into the WWF's lightweight division, you had to earn Liger's respect. I mean, that's what they talk about, Bradshaw Farouk. Liger had the soap in the shower, just some cowboy boots on. And the mask. And the mask, yeah. So so he'd be the Kenny Wu of the Bash Brothers. Yes, he would be. Perfect. Got not perfect. Rides itself right there. Bam. (laughs) <laughs> Put it on the poster. All right. <laughs> Up next. Now, here's a. We got Arn Anderson and Barry Windham, who Jim Ross will tell us have kind of gone on their singles path. So I guess the horsemen are kind of a, are, are kind of done. I don't know. We'll see. Um, taking on Mr. Saito. I'm glad to see him again. And Mashihiro Chono. So. I don't know what the music is that these guys get, that Wyndham and Anderson get, but I love it. This isn't Arn Anderson's WCW music, right? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think so. I, but I'd never heard this before. It was good. I liked it. I actually liked mm-hmm. Once again, the music on this show was like surprisingly good at times. Really, really good. Um, so Jim Ross compares Saito to an amazing... He's like, he says, I think... I. I wrote this, I, I didn't go back and double check, but I thought I heard it. He says he's an American Rick Steiner. And I was like, huh? <laughs> What's Rick Steiner? <laughs> I, know. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I think I know what you're trying there, Mr. Saito. By the way, I feel like he's a guy, Mr. Saito is a guy who would have popped up in the From Dust Till Dawn bar scene. I feel like he would have been in there. And just, oh, it's, it's like one of the truckers? Yeah. Fighting the vampire? Yeah. Oh fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's headbutting them, I'm a and they're, they're just exploding. 
come on, sex machine. <laughs> Boom. It's just like, they're just throwing people. Um, I don't have, I, all right, I don't think I have a tremendous amount of notes. I do like just enjoy the, I enjoy watching, of course, just the, the horsemen work. Seeing the way they cut the ring in half, still they do a great job of it. I do like that Mr. Saito's just like fuck it. I'm creating my own hot tag. I'm just coming in, <laughs> and I'm doing the Saito suplex on both of these guys, and then I get hit with a lariat and I get beat. <laughs> it's like oh man, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, I, I the thing is like it's tough now. Everybody doing these lariats. Once Stan Hansen kind of does it, it's like maybe you should pack it in and maybe not do it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I love Barry Windham, but when he does that lariat and it's to Mr. Saito and it's like, dude, that's a gigantic human being and you're a pretty big dude yourself. But you hitting him with kind of a, a pretty good clothesline, it just didn't seem like a fantastic finish. I think it was a pretty good match overall. I ended up giving it still a six. The finish out of music, eh, it was fine, but like, um, it was good though seeing the seeing a solid like you know American tag team working here and everything. So I don't know, Jason, what'd you think of this dude? Um, big fan of the music. Chono and Saito's music sounds like it should have been a Kill Bill. Like it really, it sounds like it would just been in the background scene Kill Bill soundtrack. Uh, um, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, even though this is weeks chances are weeks after this event happened still don't know how many people are in the tokyo dome <laughs> right 50,000 55,000 65,000 who knows how many people are here there's but 93, knocked out mike tyson in this arena in front of 35,000 people so we're better than them jim ross is all chirpy about boxing tonight um and it's just funny because every remark he makes about boxing is real derogatory um Wyndham, Barry Wyndham breaking up the STF gets like the loudest boo so far of the entire night. And Wyndham Martley just takes it. He just raises his arms and like just like pulls it in. Um, Arn Anderson denying the first hot tag that's in there is pretty great because it's just more, it's so good. Like he'll, you know, it's like, because in America, the horsemen are, you know, it's, they're the horsemen. Even at this point, they're horsemen. It's hard for them. I mean, they they cheat and they do bad stuff, but they're still the horsemen, so you respect them. Over there, no, that don't mean shit. You're just some bad old old gaijin coming in. Um, I like it when Mr. Saito is, like, firing up, where Arn's punching him, and Saito's just sitting there, and he's shaking. It just reminds me of when Ash is fighting the Edna demon in Evil Dead 2, and she starts getting up. And if you visualize it, you'll know exactly when you start shaking and just looks at him like, I've had enough of your shit. It's really good. Uh, but, yeah, it's just like... All this, and you get a lariat on a guy who is wider than Barry Windham's arm length. You know, it doesn't make sense. Like a superplex, I could see being the finish of this match, but not this. Almost like they were, you guys went too long. Um, I wasn't as impressed with it as you were, Will. I gave it a four and a half. I got you. That's cool. Charlie, what did you think of this? I'm I'm right there with you, Will. Um, <clears throat> there was I thought it was it was fun in a stiff kind of way. Again, because I I like that they mentioned that Arn Anderson and Wyndham were kind of gone their separate ways and and um, you know doing singles careers. And and I thought the, <laughs> Barry Wyndham's hair was just doing something completely on his own as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, where's the comment about his outdated hairstyle? Like, my God, what was that? Like, it was hard to even look at him sometimes. I'm like, dude, that's embarrassing. You know, and he just he got the Lloyd Christmas basically. And uh, I did like him waking up the STF and throwing his arms up in the air like he won, like he was Luger at SummerSlam '93. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like, that was probably my favorite moment of the match, other than this one where JR um, comments on the officiating. I said, like, you know, it's pretty good officiating here. And like, yeah, because your refs are fucking terrible. You know, <laughs> like, like there's a great consistency with the, with the Japanese refs and what the rules actually are. So that's a lot of fun to watch. I love seeing Saito Hulk up. I love that guy. Yeah. I really do. He's <laughs> like, oh, this is terrifying. And then, of course, the lariat in the one, two, three is a, <laughs> a bit of a downer. Bit, bit of a downer. Uh, I, I gave this a six, though. I, I kind of enjoyed this. They, I think, it, is it in this match where he starts kind of teasing about like, He mentions the Mike Tyson Razor Ruddick match, the boxing match, and he talks about the referees. Is that where he mentions this? Because I looked that, it up because I had. Uh, up. That's okay. later. Cause, oh, okay. Yeah, he does do that, though. Yeah, yeah and it's funny because it's like he's, it's a t- it's a typical Jim Ross thing. I don't, and I don't mean it in a derogatory way. It's funny he'll bring in this stuff from the outside to tie in to what's going on. Like, like remember, like one of my favorites is SummerSlam '98, or yeah, yeah, that's SummerSlam '98. It's Highway to Hell. It's the first match with D'Lo and Val Venus, and like something's going on, and he brings up Mark McGuire getting thrown out of a baseball game, comparing Val Venus getting disqualified. And it's like, all right, Jim, I see what you're doing there, because <laughs> the home run race obviously was huge at the time, but it was like, all right, I'll allow it. <laughs> but but it's, it's funny. He does the same thing here. I had forgotten, so I had to look it up. And, I mean, the Razor Ruddick-Tyson match, it's just one of those. It, you've heard this happen in boxing where a guy's on his feet. He's getting his ass kicked. And he hasn't gone down, but the ref steps in and stops the fight. And that's what JR's kind of, you hear that later on, that's what he's kind of talking about. And I guess it's pretty decent foreshadowing just because of what happens in the main event. It's not 100%, but you know. All right, so, all right, Jason, you're up next with the, oh, oh, oh before we get there, I'm sorry, a couple, we, they do some, finally we do some business in between the matches here. Tony comments on how Japanese fans oh, don't go get hot dogs. And we cut to some footage while Ross comments that they get sushi. And here comes the line of the night for me, where Jim Ross just goes, hey, man, wherever you go, brewski is brewski. <laughs> that's right. And they that's know what cold beer is here in Japan. <laughs> I, that cracked me. I mean, brewski's brewski, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have a beer and sushi. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have a sushi, I have sushi and a brewski. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, no. Yoga no, Boilermaker? Is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That got me. I need a spicy tuna roll and a PBR Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you guys carry the beast? <laughs> yeah, man, you know what it is. You know what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, you heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's free. <laughs> um, so up next, got a special, oh. special match here. Uh, to kind of break up the action here a little bit, we get a uh, the big cat or big <laughs> <Literally>. cat Hughes <laughs> taking on to break up the action. <laughs> Here's a nothing match <laughs> versus Eligante. Jason, this is all yours. It's like fate. So at the beginning of the video where they're showing everyone come in, I thought at this point Big Cat was already Mr. Hughes because he's dressed like Mr. Hughes. When he's coming in, it's like, oh, okay, cool. 
Um, and, you know, throughout the night, they were talking a lot about uh, the, the press conference the night before. And I love in wrestling, they love to make it where if you're wrestling in a foreign country, you just flew in that day. So it's like, probably got some jet lag, even though they've talked about like the, the being there a week, you know, they just flew in that way. But Arn Anderson had time to go get a kimono and go to like a big banquet dinner. Um, and they talk about how Eligante ate like 150 shrimp. But the most impressive thing, though, isn't eating 150 shrimp. Yeah, I'm a fat guy. I've probably done that. I don't know. I black out when I start eating crawfish. Uh, um, but is how they were talking about how Eligante, everyone wanted to toast with Eligante. And every, no, he wasn't toasting with everybody. And they had to tell him that Eligante, Charlie Eligante, wasn't being dishonorable. Eligante doesn't drink alcohol. Eligante is straight edge. His name is L E Gante. And his only addiction is competition. Right. Because Eligante doesn't have time for Ted Turner's bullshit. Ted Turner's fucking he doesn't. Because Ted, you know who Eligante is, Charlie? Who is Eligante is a Harvey Whippleman guy. Yeah. <laughs> Best in the world, El Gigante. And he drinks orange juice, doesn't he? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> With orange juice. So, this is William and I were talking about it, and just the visual of El Gigante, but in the giant Gonzalez suit, sitting cross legged on the fucking ramp, <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> It's just amazing. The line, I mean, I, mean I was cracking up just thinking, first of all, of him sitting Indian style is awesome. Yeah. In the suit. Because he has terrible knees. Like, but I wrote, the, the line was like, Undertaker, I hope you're lying there completely uncomfortable. I have a few things to get off my bodysuit here. <laughs> it fucking launches into the pipe bomb. <laughs> the Eligante Vegas pipe bomb. And he's very, he's very articulate. <laughs> oh. I, oh, it's all of that. Let me tell you a personal haiku about Ted Turner. <laughs> and his fucking 24-hour news cycle show that'll eventually be the downfall of society just going on. Oh Dude. And they cut his mic. <laughs> so he just... He wanted, to, he wanted to colorize the Magnificent Ambersons. And they cut... <laughs> Turner classic movies. Oh my god! Just screaming "Mastro Mundo" just as loud as he can, and it's cool because so he's he's on an Austin three sixteen shirt. He's in a repo man t shirt, of course. (laughs) But it's way too small. Like it's like really tight and uncomfortable for him because it's the only one he could get backstage. Oh my god! And his fake hair. Well, wait. Doesn't he wear four XL or what? Jim Ross says this. Yeah. But, but the referee is Bill Alfonso. Oh yeah, and that is that is such in a way. I was just like, oh man, this is so cool because tiny, skinny, frail ass Bill Alfonso makes these two guys look like a damn. I mean, they already look massive as is. But the thing is, is El Gante jokes aside, this is the best match El Gante has had. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. To that crowd, and I don't know. Oh, 
Yeah. There's like we an undetermined amount of people, according to Jim Ross. But um, he is just like hyped up. He gets in the ring. It's not awkward. He he doesn't look goofy. He starts bouncing back and forth, like all hyped up, like he's getting ready to like, like just Muay Thai kick the shit out of Big Cat. Um, and it's it's so fucking cool. He picks him up for a scoop slam and holds him. And this is the official JVC headphone thing. You yes, hear- it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tony and Jim Ross here. They go, oh, Big Cat not having a good time. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's getting spayed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seven foot, seven inch, 450 pound Elegante does a drop kick. And it somehow still only manages to hit the big cat in the gut. So, <laughs> <laughs> big lumbering idiot. <laughs> it's, just, it's still like it is dangerously close to like actually spaying, which is funny why you said that, like neutering fucking. <laughs> you know, I don't care whether it's worked or not. If a dude who has that much. Who jumped? Who's that big? If his foot clips you, your nuts are having a stroke like Bret Hart. You're gonna be riding a bike. You're just gonna drop. Oh Watch no! But in honesty, though, I am I'm so unsure how to rate this match because the match is absolutely it's crap. It's crap. But everything just clicked on it. Elegante being so into it, he stalls a little long on the suplex. But I think it's I think it's because he's just like holy shit. Look at all these people because he's right. used to being in NWA shows, and he's like. Holy crap! Look at this, um, and I think he got caught up in it, but it's still fun because it made me like him. Not just when I was a kid being enthralled to this tall dude. I was like, "Look at this guy! This guy was was doing more like this. He he could be over like a motherfucker." And what's cool though is this match is just it's a squash match in the exact same way that Undertaker versus Jimmy Smith is a squash match, and that's three days after this happens. Yeah, so nice, good pull. Yeah, I went to look at it. I was like, this is about the same time, and it is. And that's why I'm giving this match a five, because it is shit. But I had so much fun, and I don't want to skew shit by overrating it just because of what it made me laugh and get into. So that's what it All right, Chuck, where are you at on it? I'm a, I'm a little contrarian on this one. <laughs> uh, <coughs> so, surprise! Surprise! <laughs> so, I mean... I know, I know the, the Japanese stereotype. Uh, it's also like a Chinese stereotype is um, is like the height issues. I mean, the crowd is just enamored just by his size, and this is pretty much that the crowd's been pretty quiet for the most part. Like typical Japanese audiences, not for this. Like, th- like you pointed out when he d- starts doing that hopping thing in the ring, they come alive when when Elegante does that, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> just you know, wait till the bell rings. And um, if it wasn't for Big Cat, I wouldn't have uh, I, I I wouldn't have enjoyed this at all. Because you know I didn't I wasn't even wearing headphones, and I could hear him very audibly. And oh shit, when he goes up, oh shit, when he hits the mat, and just like you can hear him just writhing in pain. And we haven't mentioned it yet, but there was a, a mention, and I don't know if it's true or not, where Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone pointed out that the ring mat in japan is actually harder 
than it is in the United States. Yeah. I think that's BS. Like, <laughs> I, because I, imagine if they went. Now the ring mats here in Japan, they're actually a lot softer. They're kind of cushiony. <laughs> you know, and, and just, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. No. no. <laughs> so uh, it's it's not, it's terrible, but it's not unwatchable because I, I do enjoy Big Cat and Elegante. Uh, this is like the most active I have ever seen him, and that includes WrestleMania Nine. Uh, he, he's just a big goofball. I, I, I just there's no other way to put. I gave this. I gave this a three. I'm kind of in between both of you guys. I have a four on it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think one one thing that's refreshing, although like it is, it's pretty bad. Because well, can we? All right, let's back up for a sec. Poor Big Cat. How far have we fallen since? the clash of the champions where he was just, oh, you know, I, I'm I mean, done with him. Yeah. Sacking this, this Lex Luger. And like, I mean, it's, it, it's really just been this descent and we're at this point. Um, I do like the Elegante appears to be one of the few guys who's really paying attention to the crowd. Okay. He's like, he, he figures out what works very quickly. He's like, <laughs> all right, I'll do this stalling suplex. It's nothing spectacular, but the crowd eats it up. That's really cool. I mean, like that's a ra- that's one of those hard things that like there's just some wrestlers who don't get it um, that are that look magnificent. They have a great build and everything, but they just don't pay attention to the crowd. And man, I don't even know. I don't know if he just stumbled into it, dumb luck. But he he really does pay attention pretty well to the crowd, and he makes this thing work. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, I give it a four. It's not it's not the worst squash match, but it's definitely more active for. Elegante than we will see definitely more than by the time we get to Wrestlemania 9 fuck (laughs) fuck (laughs) (laughs) but uh man yeah Charlie I'm pumped free on this you've got tag title versus tag title the Steiners representing WCW as the world tag team champions taking on um Hiroshi Hase and uh, Kensuke Sasaki, who are the IWGP World Tag Team Champions. Wow, this go for it, man! This is gonna be cool. I'll just uh, because I, I have a few notes on this, but I feel like that they don't quite represent how I feel about the match. So I'll just lead off with this is one of the greatest tag matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is so much fun. And intense, and I kind of like had a had like I was an audience member in like Rocky Four, you know, kind of feel like I should be rooting for the Steiners, but I really like these other two guys, you know. And it's just like okay, so first of all, Scott Steiner goes off the ropes, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, Sasaki sounds like more of a high flyer name, uh, so let's just say it's him. He does this spin wheel kick. While Steiner is in like mid air, I, I don't really know how to how to describe it. I've never seen a spin wheel kick done like this before. It almost looks like a botch, but it's not. Like it, it looks fantastic. Um, Jr. has a comment about one of the Japanese wrestlers. I can't remember which one. He has the ability to do a complete power slam, uh, and and Tony like elaborates on that. I believe he says, "Oh yeah, he gets him in a complete 360." And I'm like. What have I been watching? Like, isn't that what a power slam is? Like, like, every, like what? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Sasaki uh, apparently 
does a clothesline so well that it can be called a Sasaki line. Man, I like that. <laughs> Scott does a ta- a second rope angle slam, and he's really impressed with himself after that. Uh, and a confident Scott Steiner is my favorite Scott Steiner. Uh, so uh, once again, once again, uh, a an action figure wrestling move comes up in this one. I've done this one before because because I was like, man, would this be insane if they I really saw this? And sure enough, they did. I'm going to superplex my tag team partner onto our, one of our opponents. And, awesome. and even think, even thinking about it, this is highly dangerous for the guy that's getting superplexed, like with his head, and and really also the guy that's getting it. I don't know which one is in more danger. Um, the Northern Light Suplex, I, I love that. I love the top rope bulldog. And then it's just like, Jesus, like how much, where else can they go with this? And then boom, Frankensteiner. One, two, three. Holy shit. This isn't this is just this is the best match on the card for me. I gave this an eight point five. Jason, where do you have this one? This is really good. Uh because at some point Sas- Sasake is steinering the Steiners. They're throwing these two motherfuckers around and it is hilarious. Uh, because just the reputation, you go back, like some of the matches um, that we've seen, you know, especially during the Pat O'Connor International Memorial Tag Team Tournament, like those no-name guys that the Steiners just obliterated and laughed the whole time um, kind of thing. And then these guys are like, no, nah, no, nah, you're in our house. Um, it's really cool. The, the, at the beginning where Scott Steiner gets like, gets one of the guys into a leg lock and just keeps rolling him across the ring from one corner to the other. It's fucking like impressive and scary, um, and it's also weird to see the Steiners kind of in retreat because Scott Steiner goes out of the ring to collect his thoughts, and it's the Steiners. They're not supposed to have to do that, and they go, "Remember, Scotty has a twenty count, and outside, which according to Steiner math is actually twenty eight point three three seconds, because that is twenty times one hundred, well, one point one four one six six, also known as one hundred forty one and two thirds percent." Uh, 48 minutes and 12 seconds into the daily motion video, you see the real Scott Steiner come out. I think it's after Charlotte you were talking about where he gets real impressed with himself because he does, yeah! And then he stands up and starts going, he's dead! He ain't fucking getting up! <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you see, like, Scott Steiner has four veins pop out of his neck when he's saying this. Uh, and it's really, really cool. But I don't think that the Japanese crowd was as impressed with the Frankensteiner as Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross would have you believe. Um, yes, I know it's art to them, but you know that it is impressive, and it's still there's not a big reaction because they're still kind of booing because the Steiners are wrestling heel in this because uh, Rick runs over and is like kicking the shit out of the other guy to keep him from getting in the ring. Um, I thought this was a really good match, but the the finish was a little flat to me. But I gave it a seven point five. It's all these point fives coming out in this match. I like it. Um, I have it just as straight eight. Um, um, there are a couple things here. I there's an awesome line from Tony Schiavone. It's right up there with the Brewski line with Jr. Maybe just underneath it. He says, "This is one of the first times I've seen Scotty Steiner lose his composure." And I was like, "Well, get ready, Tony." <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Oh, get ready. Get get ready. Uh, I like your note, Jason, about the fact that they... Th- this is the first time the Steiners really look like they've been 
kind of beat up in a match that we've seen in, in our timeline. Mm-hmm. I dare say they've looked bored in a lot of the matches we've seen. They've been good matches, but because we love the signatures, they do them so well. Like they, they just have all the things that make for great wrestlers. But they do at times look like they're bored. They look like the Golden State Warriors out there to be a Jim Ross for a second, you know, when it comes to the regular season and stuff like that of basketball. But it was cool to see them just kind of like when they start getting stiffed right back, like how that's when Scotty started doing the, yeah, he starts getting pumped up about himself. And he, and, and it was fun to watch them kind of like on their heels for a, for a bit of this match. It wasn't the greatest Frankensteiner, but it was still, it's always, it doesn't matter. It's still the fact that he does that is just so much fun. Like not every stunner was amazing. Kane, you know, well, we know what we're getting when Kane gets the Linda stun. McMahon. <laughs> or Linda McMahon. <laughs> Or, you know, the fucking president, you know, whatever. That's a good one. You realize yeah. we just named three politicians? That's right. Yeah. We did. Awesome, don't like him. Nope, don't like it. Boom. <laughs> I mean, like, is he just, everyone, that's the key to getting elected. Just have Austin come to your alleys on you. <laughs> so The Rock will be like president of the universe. Oh. <laughs> Scott Hall's the president of AA. He's just like, hey. Oh, no. <laughs> Instead of like his gold chain, it's just gold coins, like two weeks, three weeks. Just, you know. <laughs> What's really but, cool, but, cool is by the end of this, the Steiners have three belts at one time. Yep. Yeah. That is incredible. That's really cool. And like, I love that uh, in Japan, like, you get a trophy for winning the belt. Like, not, and because the belt obviously will can change hands and stuff like that, but you have that trophy to always like kind of commemorated that's kind of neat that you know they they have that i think that was really cool i love that kind of like that moment where it's like um sasaki and hase are like you know they're like oh they're 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 not happy but like they still are like fuck it shake hands and you know it was a good match and i was like cool like you know i i still think those things are kind of fun of course like i think charlie wasn't this past year's mania we're like man there's a lot of this handshaking going on after matches there's a lot of it <laughs> like oh, everybody so over it's so overdone. That's why by the time uh, um, uh, Nakamura was like, fuck it, low blow. You're done. Yep. <laughs> what, what's funny is where the, the guy who, like, they bring the Steiners the belts, and Scott gets this new belt in his hand, and he looks at it almost like, this is tiny, and just holds it up. And then here comes the, the one big trophy, and they're like, all right, and then here come their individual trophies. Like, okay, and then here comes another big trophy. It was almost like a naked gun moment. They The night ends, you know, it's like they can't get out. Like, they're just surrounded by trophies and flowers and shit. It's like, oh, man. No flowers, thank you. I was hoping that it would have been flowers because you would have got, like, from that uh, WWE Network special years ago where they were in Japan on the 4th of July – it's Finn Balor against Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship, and they bring you know they, they bring everybody before the match starts. They bring him flowers, and they hand Finn Balor a bouquet of flowers. He turns and bows to the crowd, and they hand it to Kevin Owens, and he just rips it apart. Those I don't like flowers. <laughs> yeah, like I hate this country. I hate this country. Like it was so fucking. But just Scott to just come out again. But dude, it because the guy just kept coming and coming back. It wasn't like there's like a procession of people. It's just one guy. <laughs> just coming, leaving camera and coming back on. I'm sorry for interrupting. It just made my ass laugh a lot. Jason, let me ask. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you've got uh, now. I because 
I know how big of a Sting fan you are. Do you want to do this one? Do you want to do Muda and Sting? I'm. If you want to, I can. I just want to give you the. Thing, I, I wanted to give you the option just because I know I know how much of a fan you are, of Sting, and you were pumped for this match. It's okay if you don't. I will take it. It's no problem. Um, you take it. Okay. We'll keep, the, we'll keep rolling. Keep okay. the numbers right. So now we got we get Muda versus Sting now. I am not a hundred percent on their their backstory. Cause I, their backstory. I know they had a pretty good feud in the late eighties, right? With a TV title. Yeah. Well, Muda had a few times. It was just a lot of. Always just be like, if staying to be the number one contender, it was always this chip on his shoulder to try to get past Muda, kind of thing. Okay. It never felt like it was necessarily specifically for a belt. I mean, I'm also going off. 30 years of memory. I got so, you. So, sorry. You. Um, but, it, yeah, it never seemed to be about a belt. It's just more about this guy's a thorn in my side kind of thing. And it makes sense. I mean, it's the two makeup guys. You know, it's kind of, it's it's from a aesthetic perspective, it's kind of fun to look at. Oh, you mean the brothers in paint? Right. The brothers in <laughs> paint. Oh, man. A, van, a, a young vampiro somewhere watching this match. Um. So this one's build pretty like it's it's got a pretty good build to it just because it's like all right you've got like your top WCW guy taking on like one of the like most recognizable New Japan or just all anywhere in Japan wrestlers so you get a bunch of all right so first things like you get a bunch of WCW guys at ringside that are basically lumberjacks I guess is that the best way to describe them Charlie would would you say I wrote that. And then Jim Ross said they're not actually there to, what was it? They're not there to like rough them up or throw them back in. They're there to make sure that they're okay. They basically sound like friendly lumberjacks, you know? Like, hey man, hey man, this guy's out. I can tell you one thing they they definitely didn't do is when Muda gets thrown over the top rope to the floor, like, nope. Hey ref. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wrote was my best look spot of the night (laughs) when Sting's just like. You're going out. <laughs> Nobody and I and I and I understood why they didn't catch him because typically when a guy throws another guy to the outside, typically you have guys that he's associated with. The heel is associated with catching him, so like everybody right. gets taken out at once. But I was just sort of like Pillman just kind of like turns his back like, man, fuck you, Muda. <laughs> it's like, oh man, <laughs> poor Muda. Just fucking eats it. I love when Sting does the typical Sting early '90s thing, where like especially when Flair would chop him and Sting would no sell it, and he'd sting her up, and uh, doesn't work. Not with Muda. Muda's like, "Fuck you, you're taking it." Yeah, I laughed out loud. <laughs> it's I was, really yeah! fun. And then, oh, oh God. <laughs> to back to back up for a second, I'm pretty sure the great Muda came out to a Japanese instrumental of physical. I'm pretty that, sure. Let's get physical. The Olivia, the Olivia Newton John song. Yes, it sounds like a Japanese instrumental of "Let's Get Physical," and I was like, "Wow, man!" Jesus, oh man, oh yeah. Great mood is a big Grease fan. <laughs> <He loves it. laughs> I got chills. They're multiplying. Let's <laughs> control. Missed. Boom. <laughs> Small package. <laughs> Muda just missed John Travolta at the end of Greece and gets in the car with Living and John flies away. It's mine. Mine. Oh, that'd be great. Um, the, Muda's so much fun to watch just with moves that are taken for granted now. That that hands, We've talked about it um, when we saw Muda at that Pat O'Connor thing. The, um, 
the handspring elbow. It looks so cool the way he does it because he really pops out of the um, out of that spring into the into the corner. It's really really cool. Tremendously tremendously physical, and it was fun to see Sting in this type of match too because uh, it's been sadly disappointing to see Stinger at this point from where we started in 1990 going into 91. Um, it, he had a terrible world title run. Like, just absolutely terrible. <laughs> Felt absolutely awful for him. And a lot of it's not... I wouldn't say it's 100% his fault. The Black Scorpion thing is what it is. But um, uh, the finish of this is fantastic. I absolutely love when Sting goes for the Stinger splash and, <laughs> and Mood is like, yeah, fuck you, Borden. <laughs> I mean, just fucking nails him with this. It's very well timed, cause and and I always applaud him and Tajiri like how these guys would when they anybody would use a mist. You know, it wasn't often that Tajiri would fuck it up. I haven't seen enough of Muda to see when he would botch it or anything like that. But he absolutely nails Sting in the face with this right in the middle of that Stinger splash, and then, cradle, and then moves. Yeah, and then moves. It's like man, that's all. It's yeah. a lot of business. Looks good. Yeah. And then he cradles him for the win. And I think what was fun about it is, I think up to this point, it's the first, like, Japanese guy who, like, openly cheats to win. And it's like, and, like, the whole night, like, Jim Ross, like, to, to his credit, in talking about the Japanese culture when it comes to wrestling, has done a great job of reinforcing this mo- this uh, this motif of, oh, they're they're very honorable. They're very, there's so much honor when it comes to Japanese wrestling. Not to the great Muda. He's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I lie. I cheat. <laughs> I'm getting the W and going to get some brewskis and sh- and sushi. Fuck it. Oh god, that sounds awful. <laughs> I know. But um, I ended up giving this another eight as well. Like I really liked this match, and I thought it was, I thought it was incredible to see Sting um, take an L at this point because I, you kind of figure that he's gonna be on kind of the rebound coming off that world title run that. That War Games thing was suspect, but that, again, that finish didn't have much to do with him. But um, I really dug this. And what's fun about the finish is you're like, oh, they've got to have a rematch. We'll talk about it later. But it's like, oh, these guys have got to do this again at some point. So, um, Jason, what would you think of it? Man, the entrances for these guys is great. They come out on top of the section where everyone's been coming from out from under um, and getting a little bit of pyro uh, and what's great is I love, it's like, Stinger, we're in Japan. Can you give us a hint about what your outfit will be? Sure. The hint is Great American Bash 1990. Because he just, you think of Sting, you think of like, man, he's going to have something great. And it's like they're in Japan. And it's red, white, and blue, baby. Let's go out. Let's represent America. Um, but then, of course, we get Wolfpack Muda because he's on the attack with his red and black. He is just whooping up. Um, it was cool to see Sting dive over the top rope. You know, because the whole America, you know, oh, going over top rope, that's a DQ. Sting kicks it up a whole gear. And that's one of the things I like about Sting Muda matches, where you were talking about earlier. Sting's last few matches we watched have been less than stellar and less than impressive. Whereas this is like just a whole other gear from Sting. Um, he's so athletic looking like he does the roll, the flip cover, the where he boots Muda into the air and poor Muda can't rotate enough and almost lands right on his neck. Um, you know, it, it looked pretty pretty bad the guys on the outside like they're almost a distraction for this because i felt like this is somehow gonna gonna muck it up or 
or something, and they didn't. I mean, they they really didn't get involved. And and yes, I, I get the point that they're there, but it's like, eh, who cares? Um, Muda's measured elbow to Sting's face, not the handspring, but the one where he's got Sting on his knees, and he bends his head back, and he puts his elbow like right where the points at the bridge of his nose. And then comes like then strikes his elbow down. That shit looks like horrible. Um, Sting is not a top rope specialist for a reason. He does just like that jump body splash to nowhere move that he's doing. Not into it. Um, the Muda does the miss like how many times this match? Like three. I know these he does two. The miss the, he does the miss at the beginning uh, where there's a little scuffle on the outside um, where Sting's hitting Muda into the railing. And then Muda gets like a big move on Sting and then jumps back up onto the apron and does a red mist. And then the crowd's like, ooh, oh, he's pulling out the red mist. This means trouble. Um, it, it was just it was so good. Uh, and then when Muda wins, and even I'm sitting here, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is crazy. It's not a clean win, but it's still a pin, and it's not as convoluted and fucked up as any of the other losses that Sting has taken. Um, so Sting just decides to go beat up on Muda after the match. It's weird seeing Sting do this, but the whole time, to put it in your terms, let's get physical. It's just playing while Sting is beating the shit out of this yeah. guy. I honestly thought it was the replay at first. Because um, like yeah. it looked like they, ident- they did the exact same spot again. <laughs> yeah, Sting's like, no, we messed up, so we're going to try this one. And then he just leaves, and there's and then everyone's like, "Oh, Buddha. and it's that just is so good. I gave this an eight and a half. Charlie, what'd you think of it, man? It's really good. It's um, because you know, I think it's been a while since I've seen a match with Sting that I really liked, and Mood is Mood is awesome. I counted two. I counted two missed spots, uh, which. It's great because, I mean, Tajiri would break that out every now and then because, you know, you, you're just kind of conditioned to believe that once you've seen the mist, you're not going to see it again. So, yeah, that Stinger splash spot really caught me off guard. Uh, I, I just loved it. Um, uh, Muda does a really cool handspring elbow. Uh, I, my, well, you mentioned it, but it was my favorite part of the match. Uh, Muda's beating up Sting and Sting's no selling and he does his, rawr, you know, his, his pose and Muda just kicks him right in the gut and Sting just, oh, fuck, oh, God. <laughs> You know, oh no! And I, I, I was laughing out loud. I was like, "Man, beat his ass!" You know, I mean, I love Sting, but <laughs> I just I get a little tired of that. He's, um, it was. Uh, I, I, I never fit. Like I said, I never really figured out what the lumberjacks were doing there, and and they, they were kind of a distraction, but I, I didn't let it take away from my enjoyment of the match, which I really did enjoy. I, I gave this a seven. All right, so. JR says afterwards, he, he, he says we're going to hear from Sting later, and he hopes that there's a rematch um, in the U.S. And it's like, okay. <laughs> what, I mean, did, <laughs> whenever he says, I'm like, why does it have to be there, Jim Ross? Like, like does you it? No. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, you know. Jim. Because <laughs> America's the best. <laughs> I, yeah, it, this stuff like, but anyway, um, that leads us into our. It, I, I don't think we're, there's no other business. All right, they don't really do anything else except the main event. I know there's a little bit more with um, with Tony and Jim, I think, but nothing substantial. Okay, it's our main event time. It's the. It is it just for the is it just for the world WCW World Title or is it both? I think it's both. It's a, okay, it's a unification. It match. is unification. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. 
Okay, good, good. It's Tatsumi Fujinami, who's the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, versus Ric Flair, the WCW World Champion. Are they calling the NWA World Champion? Is it in the WCW World Champ? I don't want to be interchangeable with this because I don't know if it's necessarily accurate. One. When Flair came out, where it said Rick, you know, the title card, Ric Flair, like like the nameplate, uh, it just said World Champion. Okay, <laughs> which kind of <laughs> threw me off. Real like, World Champion, Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so we'll, we'll say in. All right, because on cage match it, it says NWA World Heavyweight Title, but he's got the big fucking belt. All right, that's what he's got. There you go. There you. The BFB. The, that's right. All right. Um, all right, Jason. So. Walk us through this mega main event. I kind of dig Ric Flair's hair. You what? A lot. Really? I liked his hair because it was just different. It was just different than the the either the the long hair, the flowing hair, and then like the I had to cut my hair to suddenly be inside the black scorpion mask grow out. I don't know. You know, it looks it, like it, the awkward. It's, it's, it's like those awkward weeks in between haircuts. Like it's like, oh man, yeah. hasn't completely grown in yet. Oh, it's like when yeah. AJ Styles went with that his current hairdo, and it was yeah. in that midway point. It was like, man, what is this? Where you look like emo Styles? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the, uh, but it's like he and Barry Windham was like, hey, you want to have a bet who can have the most ridiculous fucking hair? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I win. Um, it's weird to watching Ric Flair come out with his skeletons and bathing suits. Um, carrying the American flag, it was just—it was so weird. Like I swear, I said, "Is that Charlotte's mom?" The one that was like in the front holding the flag. Um, and, and when they get in the ring, and it's time for the national anthem. Oh, this is great. And Flair doesn't move. And the do, do we have an American flag? Well, we did, but she put it down. <laughs> so let's just focus on Ric Flair's faith. Can, can we also uh, say the like fact the that whole, they say they're going to be singing the national anthem, and they're like. We don't have anybody to sing it, so we're just going to play it. Yeah, I was looking for a band. So I was like, oh, this is definitely a, a high school band. A well, band. you know, yeah. a band. And then... Uh, it's Skid Row. <laughs> With Buddy Landell. <laughs> yeah! Well, Buddy, Buddy Landell, Landell introducing them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just... It's so cool. And then they do the, the Japanese national anthem. And they do kind of the superimposed layer of Tetsuya Fujinami's face, over the, and then he's in the red dot of the flag. Oh, man, it's so cool. And then it comes back, and for some reason, it looks like there's two Japanese pop stars in the ring that we never know anything about. They're just there suddenly, and everyone's shaking hands. I, I should probably go back and watch the, the un-American version just to see what's going on there. But uh, when you get to the match, it's, it's more Jim Ross talking about football. This is the one where he brings up the corrupt, like the, the messing up officiating uh, and talks about how there was a little argument over what ref is going to officiate this match. Will it be Japanese ref or will it be an English ref? Yeah, Bill Alfonso refereeing. Um, so it, it's good because uh, there's some really good Bill Alfonso versus Ric Flair stuff in this match. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, Flair makes that dragon sleeper look like it is the most vicious fucking move to be in i mean like and, and not without flair having to oversell and go oh god uh, his normal like talky flair bullshit no it is it is good look and it's late locked in really early in this match considering how long it goes um and the, at some point flair goes for his patented knee to the head and completely misses on the camera even though fujinami reacts and jim ross goes oh flair 
player missed that knee, Fujinami moved his head. No, <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, it's just really neat. Then it's like right towards the last t- 10 minutes of the match is where the match goes from Flair versus Fujinami into Flair versus Bill Alfonso. Uh, <laughs> Alfonso. Flair pushes Bill Alfonso, and you hear, you hear it. You hear future Fonzie. Keep your hands off. Get back in the ring, Daddy. It's, yes. <laughs> you hear it. And then when Fujinami's on the outside and he keeps trying to come back in and Flair's right there, Fujinami puts himself between the two. Competitor, get back, big man. Get back. And he puts his hands on Flair's chest and he's pushed. Get back, big man. Come on, big man. And gets in between him. And Flair pushes him out of the way and moves him. Fonzie just reinserts himself. It's like two people fighting at a line in a grocery store. And it is incredible. Um, it, it, it's good. The reason why I bring this up, though, is this is a long match. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first half of the match is pretty, pretty different. And then the last little bit turns into a paint-by-numbers Ric Flair versus Sting match. Because you get, you get all of Flair's greatest hits. Um, and then they set up, though, for that amazing Bill Alphonse ragdoll spot. Oh. That just All we need is want someone to take that video where he gets hit and just pull up the GTA Wasted. Because he just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like when you crash the car and you go flying through the windshield. Yes, yes. and they slow mo it, and it just—that's <laughs> what his body. You guys, was. you guys remember in the the w, the WWF? Um, God damn it! It was in both the I think it was a, I know it was at least a Royal Rumble and Raw when you would wipe out the ref like you'd run into him and then, oh, <laughs> and they would just fly. Lay there. Yes. Yeah. That's where my. <laughs> like I don't know if Bill Alphonse is double jointed but he certainly was when this was done because his his neck goes like all the way over the top rope and his his left shoulder and his right shoulder touch in the back just oh, like, no. like the freaking where you look up the videos on youtube of, of the freaking like uh game breaks in the wwe games there's the one ref like throwing someone out or counting someone out and his arm just wraps around his whole body oh yeah comes, back and slow that's what it looked like and then he's out i mean like they're holding him up and it's like i think he was legitimately unconscious for a few seconds and it's this whole where's the official where's the official it's one thing i hate in wrestling i'm i'm i'm, I'm turning into charlie here you're about to take my thing uh-oh yeah you are you are taking you are turning into me <laughs> so i hate yeah. when there's no ref and people go for a pin if you're a young wrestler Okay, I think it's cool because that should be all right. You're young, you made a mistake. If you're Ric Flair, Tsushima Fujinami, you're each the world heavyweight championship of your respective companies. You've got long tenured careers, and you're going to try to pin and keep holding the pin even though you're not hearing anyone count for you. Why do you look confused? What the fuck is going on? And then they keep going. Well, Bill Alphonse is the ref. Bill Alphonse is the official. <laughs> Bill Alphonse. And then here comes Tiger Hattori to come in. And count the pin. And yes, this was after. Well, Fujinami clearly threw Ric Flair over the top rope. They said, "There's Bill Alphonse looking at him." Bill Alphonse was looking at him, but he wasn't seeing him. He was glass-eyed still. He was selling. Um, and so it's this thing of of they're trying to make out this controversy, and they're like, "Well, this Tiger Hattori wasn't the official." I mean, what, when did that become a thing where there was only one official? And also, we the other thing Jason point out is. Fujiami throws him over the top rope, which they were using the WCW rule, because we had talked about there's a combination yep. of rules here, that he went over the top rope, so he should be disqualified. Ross really harps on this big time. 
Yeah. It's like the the uh, the Royal Rumble where they really stress that both feet have to touch the floor right. where Shawn Michaels skins the cat and the only one foot. It's like they're telling you. They're doing a good job of foreshadowing it um, coming up. But it's it's yeah, it's a lot. It's real heavy handed. Um, and the Fujinami wins. And I like how he stands there and they put the new belt around his waist and then they hoist him up and then he puts his, his older belt. He carries it over the shoulder. Like he makes like both belts look so important, and it's so good. Um, as far as the end, now the match is a little long and boring, um, and I give it a six and a half. Whoa. <coughs> okay. All right, Charlie, take it away, man. What do you think of this main event? Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked this match. I really did. Um, so anyway, so the national anthem goes and. <coughs> You know, we get to hear our national anthem, which is great. And but I, I don't think I'd ever heard the Japanese national anthem before, and I'm still not 100 percent sure if I have heard it because it <laughs> felt like it only lasts 15 seconds. It felt really short, like all of a sudden, and that's it. That's all we got. Uh, and we're Japan. <laughs> and we're Japan. That's it. Remember Pearl Harbor? You know. So, I, I noticed, like uh, Jason, you mentioned. I kind of agree. I kind of like Ric Flair's hair. It's 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 not the worst haircut he's ever had. I like it, especially when the blood gets involved. Um, but I think it also has something to do with the fact that I don't know if I've ever seen Ric Flair uh, dressed in all black before. I mean, he had yeah. Like uh, we it, we it saw kinda, that at Starcade. Don't you remember? Did we? No, <laughs> not at all. Did we really? The black. Well, he was the black scorpion. <laughs> he was oh, the black. black. Oh, the, dude, he no, he had way more black. Way more black. <laughs> That was goth Ric Flair. That was a phase. Goth Flair. <laughs> Woo. Woo, that's it. <laughs> Woo. Stop. In the back, listen to Tom Waits and Typo Nexus. It's like those... Right? Remember wait, those wait, wait a minute. You guys remember those clips of CM Punk like where like it's those black and white where he's like got the... He's got like the eye shot. He's got like the... Yeah, he's got like a fucking eyeliner on. And like he's looking all like emo at the camera, like they're like these publicity shots. It's on the fucking best in the world yes. documentary. It's the worst, yeah. but I, I just want to see Ric yeah. Flair doing Never those. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what happened if Flair dyed his hair black? Oh, like, yeah. like what would the blood do then? It would have no, it would have nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> it would turn his hair blonde. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right out. <laughs> oh God. Um, really like the uh, the stare down that they do right at the beginning and the crowd kind of gets into it and flair is really selling this like it's really like special and important uh jim ross makes some call about fujinami like yeah man we were out having sushi yesterday and anytime <laughs> i brought up rick flair he just got tense he sweat he would start to He's sweat. sweating he would start to sweat you know and just like well maybe it's that combination of beer and sapporo <laughs> and, and sushi that you got going on over there <laughs> like, stop ordering that. Uh, Never get sushi from I learned that with Fujinami. <laughs> this Jim, instead of those two idiots, it's Jim Ross and Fujinami in a convertible talking about the Sonic sushi. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Fujinami, it's a scorpion deathlock, which was really cool. Uh, although, I remember like Tony making some weird comment about how he said, "Oh, oh, in the states, like the audience would would come out of their seats. But uh, you know, here they're, they're they're just like watching intently. Like, like they, they just constantly have to bring up the the, the differences in the audience. Um, and and you know, I don't I don't really know if if, if we would have 
you know, come out of our seats to see someone other than Sting do this move to Ric Flair. You know, it was just kind of it's kind of a weird thing to say. Uh, my favorite moment of the match, and simply because it was an accident, uh, Flair, despite his best efforts, countered the top rope body slam just by slipping <laughs> off the top rope, and he didn't know what to do, so he gave him a hangman. I, I on the top. I, I absolutely marked out. I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't supposed to happen, but it was cool to see Flair get out of this stupid predicament that he always finds himself in. Um, a lot of flare offense. Loved it. Love that dragon sleeper. Okay, let's talk about this knee drop bullshit. Because this became, inadvertently, for me, the move of the match. Because, so Flair hits it. But he doesn't hit it. But here's the problem. And this is the whole problem with this fucking move. Flair should never do this move. I hate the knee drop move. It never looks right. When Fujinami lifts his head up, like, the second time, it's, I kind of almost changed my mind. I was like, he found a way to make it look more real. Uh, by, by having Fujinami lift his head up, they can hide it better, you know, that he's not, like, hitting him in the knee and the head. But, no, Flair misses it like he always does. Fujinami sells it. And then it becomes this big fiasco. Oh, he didn't get he didn't get any of that, you know. And, and, this and, that. and then Flair does the move two more times in the match. And simply because the angles are different, oh, he got that one. Oh, absolutely he got that one. Did you see that, man? Shit, no one would want to take that. You know, and just, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's just a fucking knee drop. Why does Flair have to do this move three times, you know? Um Flair, I I think he has one of the most underrated vertical suplexes. I I've always loved the, the way he moves when he does it, and he doesn't hold him up as long as I would have liked. But I still thought it was pretty impressive for Flair to be able to do that. Of course, Flair blades. Uh, I believe his head hit the guardrail, which I think Jim Ross called a turnbuckle, and then he's like, "Nope, sorry, folks, guardrail." And uh, <laughs> Flair starts bleeding, and it's and it's good blood. It's good Flair blood. Um. And it starts to get a little bit more physical. Yes, of course, this becomes a typical bullshit Ric Flair match with with Flair just, no! I, God almighty. And and he's screaming a lot. We didn't talk about this either. Like In the first minute of the match, Flair does this this weird talky shit that I've never heard him do. Well, Fujinami gets him in the corner, and Flair's arms go up like to break. And then he's, he does this weird little, hey, hey, hey! It's so weird. <laughs> I thought he was talking Japanese for a second, or at least what he, what Ric Flair thought Japanese sounded like, and he backs off just fine. Um, okay, so Jason, you talked about it. I have to give my own version of this. Yeah, um, of Bill Alfonso gets wiped out, and I mean wiped the fuck out, and he's he's gone, Daddy. So it's not just that it's not just that everyone goes for a pin. It's that all of a sudden now they're going for the pins, and it's stupid pins. It's it's backslides and small packages and stuff like that. And here's the best part. Usually in these types of matches when something like this happens, the crowd will chant to like seven or eight. But Flair kicks out at two at most of these, <laughs> which I really liked. Like, like he's like in a small package, Flair's out of it immediately. He refuses uh -huh. to give up the visual pen. He's like, nope, I'm not even giving you the visual no, he's one. he's not giving it. He won't do it. And I thought that was great. But I just, it's just one of those things where... I just I just hate it where like oh that pen didn't work maybe I'll try this one it's like what's the common denominator here like something's clearly missing the ref of course so I just think especially if it's two if maybe if it was like the light heavyweight champion I wouldn't care so much but these are the two world champions and it just and how do you get that far and make a mistake like this it just looks stupid um, the over the top rope thing 
I, I, I thought, okay, so Flair, it's not that it's not so much that. What was Fujinami's option here? Like, do, do I let him hit me or do I backdrop him over the top rope? It's like I don't really understand how like the, the, the over the top rope thing works in a situation like this. Like, if you were to literally grab Flair by his hair and then and then toss him over the top rope, yeah, that's a, that should be a DQ if that's the rule. But he literally had nowhere to go. He just this is my only option. Like, what was he gonna do? Leapfrog? <laughs> no. Stand your ground, no. man. <laughs> like you take that Ric Flair spear. Yeah, and what if he leapfrogged miraculously and Flair went over the top rope? Like I just do you do you touch the guy while he's going over the top rope? Like I I just I didn't really care. Although Jim Ross all of a sudden became Ric Flair's number one fan. Yeah. Uh, just hey, wait a minute, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, sorry, that's Taker. But you know, anyway, so. <laughs> I, I do love the pin uh, because this was the lamest move in revenge when you would do a back special. It's like, I wonder what his back special is. Oh, it's an, it's an abdominal stretch pin. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> what is that? Like, I, I, I've never liked that, but uh, like, I actually get to see it used here. And for the win, I don't think Flair ever got the figure four on. And well, let's talk about that for a second. So he keeps like taunting the figure four. But he takes the, you know, he takes his leg over to the rope and does that sit on, I'm gonna sit on your knee bullshit, and the crowd hates it. Yeah, they like, really don't like they're like actually it. like, they don't like it at all. And I'm like, no, 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 he's setting him up. I'm like, that's a that's a classic Flair move. And Flair's chops are really good. I, I sound like I'm shitting on this match, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought this was one of the best Flair matches I've seen in a long time. Uh, and he's a and Fujinami's a great opponent. Really enjoyed this. I gave this an eight. I want to defend the the pin thing for just a second, and the only reason is um, it's not from like it is stupid in, in just a logical sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I get it. I get it. This is where that entertainment aspect kind of comes in, and it's totally to work the crowd, and it, it works. It, to say that it, it, does it work? Yes, the crowd really gets into it. This reminds me, and all right, Charlie, you know. It, done enough of the plays we've seen either you've done it because i know i have and and we've seen other people do it when sometimes people know they've got a hot line like oh this is going to pop the crowd or something like that and they know they have to talk immediately afterwards they won't they'll deliberately build a pause in because they know they're going to get a, a pop right right my favorite is when it doesn't work and <laughs> oh god you're 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 the loneliest man on earth oh, uh, when, you, when you do that. It, it might be even better oh. when, like, you it, this is it's opening night and you and throughout rehearsals you're like, oh man, people have been popping over this one line, nailing it. Yeah, I'm just fucking <laughs> killing it. I'm gonna just drive this thing home, and the crowd's just like, is that it? Oh, oh, and you're pausing, so you must have thought that was hilarious, but we don't. So, that that's what I thought it's of. So embarrassing. It, it really. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like. There have been times where I'd like I'm like oh I know this thing hits so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a little bit and I've now tried to never do that again but <laughs> watching other people do it's a lot funnier obviously when it's not you but it's great um, I the the physicality with the chops is really cool because I love seeing a guy who's just like fuck you Flair <laughs> bip 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 <laughs> just right back at him and the way Fujami's chest looks is really um, it's I like how grotesque it looks by the end of it. Like, it does look like this guy's been just in a real fight with this guy. I really like Flair's intensity. He doesn't become Rick. It takes him a while to kind of become the cheating Rick Flair. He kind of builds in the heel stuff 
as the match goes on, until by the end of it, it's just full-fledged, he's Ric Flair healing out. But from the get-go, and I don't know if this is representational of where he was at, like, like career-wise, just mentally, whatever. We know he's leaving soon. We know he's going to WWF very, very soon. We know he was not happy at this point. But I, I really dig the intensity. Like, during that national anthem, like, he looks really... I mean, it. you'd think Drago was coming out to face him. Like, he's ready to take on... Which would have been the best to see Ric Flair. Yeah, it's like, it, did Fujinami kill Arn back then? <laughs> 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 Wild James Brown plays living in America. Ow! Oh, what is this... This John Williams unused track they use for his theme song, too. It's like, oh, yeah. God damn it. Name it uh, 1002 was Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But it's going back when, when uh, just to talk about the flair maybe checking out, it is similar to his black, his match as the Black Scorpion. Is the first 25% of that match, he wasn't wrestling as Ric Flair. And then he just gives up and goes, Fuck it, I'm, I'm doing my stuff. And it's the way this one was, too, is that he wasn't being Ric Flair for the first half, and then he goes into Flair mode. The reason I um, like it, though, is, like, it it fits it fits in a way, because it's like, all right, I'm going to... Uh, he tries to... It's almost like he tries to wrestle the guy straight up, and he realizes this guy is as physical as he, eminent, as physical as he is, and can wrestle as well as he can. Then he's like, all right, I got to resort to being dirtiest player in the game kind of stuff. It is wild that there is no figure four. Because it's just such an easy spot. Because especially for when the guy eventually turns him over and Flair has to... Which, with the crowd being as, as quiet as it is, to hear... It's the best. It is the best hearing Ric Flair writhe in pain during this match. The Matches like this are so much fun. Just the way they build and they build. And like... It doesn't matter how many of them you've seen. Like, you still kind of get, like, you're starting to get, like, uh, you, you can feel um, your pulse starting to jump up a little bit as you're getting to the end. Like, it, there's so much business going on. The, the the ref bump and then over the top rope. Jim Ross is irate about it. And then that flash kind of pin. I'm not saying it was flash necessarily. I shouldn't say that. Because it is kind of like, oh, let me roll you over here. Oh, there we go. I got you in there. One, two, three. <laughs> and uh, I really dug it. I gave it a nine. It's awesome. I think it's an awesome oh. world title match. I think it's an incredible uh, Rick, and it's I. I kind of feel like it's an underrated Ric Flair world title match, too. I, I mean, I get the I get Flair Steamboat. I get Flair Sting. I get later on, you know, with um, with Flair and Michaels and stuff. I get it, man. But some of these matches are really, really like in between. These are brilliant. I really dug this, and. Um, I love that they gave so many good outs for a rematch, uh, with not with Bill Alfonso not counting the pen. I think these are this is such a hard needle to thread. This these types of all right, we're doing a two promotions doing a show together. Well, so how do you figure out who goes over while keeping the other guy strong? And this was pretty good. I think they did a good job of negotiating this to the end here. So, um, let's talk about our. My, I guess, and this will lead into the end of the the, the um, post match stuff of this. I love that Jr's just like, ah, I'm gonna dip out, guys. I gotta go. I gotta go to this press conference. I'll see you later. <laughs> he just fucking leaves, yeah. and Giovanni's kind of left hanging. <laughs> for they well, that they're really there. Well, so, yeah. 
So he makes it from their broadcast booth, which is like a mile into the Tokyo Dome, yeah. at center field, as he keeps saying throughout the night. So somehow their broadcast booth is in the middle of the arena, so people that have seats behind them can't see shit. Um, and he gets to this press conference in two minutes. Yeah, it's and in, press conference. And he is not out of breath at all. Like, I mean, he isn't. It's no rush for Jim Ross, is what it looks like. Although he has a hard time getting some of his words out with this. This is the saddest press conference I've ever seen. Oh, wait. Dude, before it, I. It, it looks like he's being interviewed by his entourage. It's the putties. Yes. These fucking putty looking motherfuckers here, <laughs> all with their silver jackets on. <clears throat> Who are these guys? Yeah, this isn't the WrestleMania 14 press conference. Like, yeah. This is nowhere close. They're all in the uh, jackets that all the ring crew and everybody was wearing. And then, so there's ac- absolutely no press at this press conference. And it's Tatsumi Fujinami is just sitting there like an extra in the background. Watermelon? Watermelon. Japanese word for watermelon. Watermelon? <laughs> Jim Ross is like, here's this guy trying to do an interview to the press. And there's this one fat white guy standing <laughs> up off center talking loudly over the person <laughs> you're trying to listen to and, it's, it's so, and he's stuttering it's just he, he's just pan, you know take his pants off it's porky pig goes to japan like right there and it's not me making fun of jim ross's way it's just how he can't get it out and the sorry jan <laughs> the entire episode <laughs> but that's that's the thing is this isn't live. They're not live, pal. You can start over. Right. And here comes the player. Give me my belt. And I love how they make everyone look like they just left the match. Right. So cool. And Flair takes the belt. He storms off. Jim, the camera guy falls. Tony Schiavone goes, oop, I'm not supposed to be on oh, camera. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. I'm like, how the hell did you get back there? Like, Something fishy is going on here. He also ran. <laughs> we have to mention first they they as Jim Ross has got a, just a cluster of information to get out there. We still have the Sting promo that's like fifteen seconds. Yeah, and he looks like Beetlejuice. Yeah. He just looks so yeah, he's just bad. <laughs> and it's like, it, <laughs> sorry, just this image was this legitimately after the match or did they try to make him up to make him look like? <laughs> Hey, Borden, can you come over here for a minute? We're just going to throw some shit on you. You can get on camera. He clearly looks like he needs medical attention. <laughs> his and eye is closed. His, his eye. eye. Yeah. Like, he looks really bad, and he's and he's like, he's like, no, 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 put turn the camera on. Like, i got to cut this promo off. Like, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> it's like one of the best 15-second promos you can well, ever great. It's great to see Sting get emotional. Yeah. Because it, I came here for competition. I came here because I heard these were the best wrestlers in the world, and this is what I get. <laughs> and you kind of, at the same time, you kind of want to stop him. And go, you have faced this guy countless times. You know what you're getting into I here, never Stinger. Saw this coming, but, but this time I thought it'd be different. <laughs> Did you think he was your friend too? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's like the the red makeup from his red, white, and blue is making his left eye look like it just got gouged out. Like Stan Hansen. Yeah, no, it looks like fucking Tiger came and found him, too. I don't like it. And then, there's, like, some of the green mist or whatever that they either post-applied for this promo or really happened. Looks like his two front got knocked out. <laughs> it does look like that, yeah. Um, I, I'm staying. Don't do meth. 
I, I really want to talk about Flair coming in here because this is hilarious. I, it's fairly unintelligible. You kind of get for the most part he's just kind of bitching. He's he's still the champ. He just comes in barreling, flips the fucking table, takes the world title with this towel around his head, and is yelling on his way out. It's awesome. This is hilarious. You want, the, you want this? Come to America and take it from me. It's and 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 Fujinami's just sort of like, what? Like it's like he didn't get I any don't stage direction. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. so then we can transition. I like that part. I, I love. Yeah, when Jim Ross comes up, he's like, "Hey, man, you got anything to say? English, hey, Japanese, something?" <laughs> what do you got? What do you got for me? He goes, one, two, three, pin. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it reminds me of that's pretty good English. <laughs> uh, Charlie, it reminds me of you brought. I think you used it last show. Was it's when uh, Alfred Hayes cuts off Bret Hart's dad, Stu. Oh, it's not best. Stu, Stu Hart, what do you have to say about this? My son, you did, and we're going back to you, Gorilla. <laughs> As you can see, Don't he's a little bit speechless. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit speechless, and then there's Helen. Ah, oh, my my son, he's he worked really hard. They ba- barely let her finish. I, that, that that always bothered me. Oh man, what a uh-huh. authorities are not called. It's right. what gets me. Flair still has to get out of the country <laughs> with the belt. Is is this just where is this where Sid Vicious has been the entire night? He's just on the roof of the Tokyo this Dome is, with a private plane, ready to go. He's Brock fucking Samson from Flair's fucking Doctor Venture. I'm ready to go, Rick. You got the belt. And he gets up there, just takes off immediately. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. That this is totally uh, ours. This is ours. This this is Akira's or this is Snake uh, Nagami's mission. Like we need you to go in and get the world title back. <laughs> We poisoned you. You got 24 hours to live. It's an 18-hour flight. Well, then you better get to it. <laughs> oh man, what a it's it's it, it's hilarious. Like if, if if you have not seen this, like if you haven't seen just this bit alone, it's worth going to just part two of the Daily Motion uh, video just to watch this mess. Isn't that the entire flare match? What's that? Oh, isn't that the entire flare match? Isn't I, the entire thing part two? Sting Muda, Muda is the big Muda. And the oh, okay. That's right. fifty-three minutes. That's two matches, basically. Yeah, I think. Right. So yeah, I, I think the flare stuff actually starts around the ten-minute mark. Now that I think of it, um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a hell of a show. It's this is a really good show. I was shocked um, that I, I like to show this much because you know you. When I first saw, I was like, "Okay, they're doing." Anytime you see the interpromotional stuff, you're like, "Okay, so I don't know." There are times where the booking is just so. All right, we have to be even, Steven here. We gotta, you gotta get yours in. We'll get ours in. Eh. But ended right. up really liking this a lot. Charlie, do you have the numbers? I do. Okay. How do we do? I do. We are good to go. Uh, this is very interesting. Um, Will you have this at the highest with a six point seven one? And this is the interesting part. Uh, Jason, you and me are completely tied. <laughs> wow. Completely and utterly tied at a 6.36. So we gave the show a 6.48. That's really good because cagematch.net is at 5.75. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's better than that. 
Yeah, um, but, well, are they including the matches that uh, aren't on the WCW release? They do include everything. So, because okay. all right, well, so, I'm going to check out those other two matches. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely oh, skip the other ones. Um, I don't think they're <laughs> worth it too much. Meltzer has a lot of ratings on this one. He has a three and three quarter for the, he actually has three and three quarter for Pillman and Horner and Z Man. That's that six man. He has three and a half for the Liger and Akira. He has four and a half for Steiners and uh, Sasaki and Hase. He has three and a quarter for the uh, Vader Bam Bam Doom match. Three and a half for Muda and Sting, and then three and a half for Flair and Fujinami. So I mean, it's it's a match as very highly rated matches if you are into the Dave Meltzer you know sort of thing. There you go. Wow, that was a good show. Man, it gets me pumped mm-hmm. for Super Brawl now. Uh, to see, like, because obviously they're going to build off of this, or at least they should. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain though that this this title change they don't really acknowledge, but I'm not positive. I had a feeling. I think this is the one because my friend that's always yelling when talking about Ric Flair's the 16th time he goes 17. I think this is the one that they don't count. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm pumped for it. I'm excited for Super Brawl. And this is, it's the inaugural Super Brawl too, right? It's the first one. Yeah, I believe they said it during the during this broadcast. They joined us for our, very, our first Super Brawl. Cool. That would be really cool. I think Super Brawl 8 is the one that's in 98. Okay. With, uh, Sting, with Sting and Hogan. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be our next episode. This was a good one. I really enjoyed going through this Yes, it was. Going through Glad we did show. it. Yeah, Definitely. Um, plugs, anything, Jason, Charlie, do you guys got stuff? I got nothing to plug. Real Change Pod, new episode, D2 Mighty Ducks. That's right, Wolf the Dennis Stanson, underrated villain. Yes, very much so, very much so. He's a great fucking coach. (laughs) Yes, he is. Yeah. (laughs) I do want to plug that I've, I've, I've almost, I'm in the process of putting together a miniseries. Uh, it's it, and Jason and Charlie have been involved in it. It spans twelve years worth of filming. That now, like a, now that I've recovered all the master tapes, I can finally edit the way I've kind of wanted to over the years. So this is gonna be really cool. Uh, we're gonna have some video footage, like actual fictional narrative stuff, which is really really cool. That'll be coming out over the next few months. Really excited for these. I think we're gonna call it Pyrosteria to kind of <laughs> do a play on. <laughs> okay. But I, I, just it was just so a twelve years. Like, <laughs> is this your version of Boyhood? It kind of is because like the, the, the earliest one is yeah it's it's oh six and then the latest one so far is twenty thirteen and I think we're in the process of trying to put together something for one more so we'll see there's more to come with that I just wanted to throw it out there though because we're all involved in it in some way shape or form so. Um, the podcast you can of course see find us on Facebook New Blood Rising Podcast on Twitter at New Blood Pod. If you get a chance, if you haven't already, just to help us out, go to iTunes, drop us a just even just click on the damn stars and get out. You don't even have to leave a review if you don't want to. Click really... on the damn stars. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You can drop a review too. That's really cool. If you did both, that's awesome. But um, uh, in the meantime, I myself, I'm at William Rankin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore stabs. And we'll see you guys for the inaugural Super Brawl. Mírame aquí, ¿qué es lo que ves? 
respeto a la personalidad Yo sé tus furias y tus sueños Yo soy todo lo que quieres ser Oculto a la personalidad Como Mussolini y Kennedy Soy culto a la personalidad Culto a la personalidad, culto a la personalidad. Luces neón y no ves el reflejo está al oírme hablar. No tienes por qué seguir solo. Quieres Soy la cara sonriente en tu TV Oculto a la personalidad Si te hago mal, tú me amarás Te digo que uno más uno es tres Oculto a la personalidad Como Joseph Stalin Personalidad, toda la personalidad, toda la personalidad. Luces no, y no al oírme hablar, todos callarán. No tienes por qué seguir, solo tú. Yo soy el culto 
yo soy el culto, 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 yo soy el culto de personalidad.